Welcome to the world of the multi-passionate mind. You already know what a wonderfully weird and extraordinary place this is to live. Now imagine that you can easily decide where to aim your focus and trust yourself enough to finish what you start. Maybe you want to build a business that encompasses everything you love under one umbrella. Or maybe you just want the time freedom to finally start crossing things off your bucket list. I'm your personal hype woman, Jenny O'Connor, and I'm going to show you how to do it all like a boss. If you're an ambitious creative who's ready to make an impact, hit that subscribe button because we are the multi-passionate community that is going to change the world. If growing an audience on social media feels like a slog and you're convinced there has to be a better way, there is. It's email. For every dollar invested in email marketing, you get an average of $42 back. Plus, email reaches an average of 79% of the people you send it to. Instagram, 13.5. Ugh. But a lot of entrepreneurs aren't leveraging this awesome way to grow an engaged audience because they think writing emails is too time-consuming or that they're not good at storytelling. If you've ever thought that yourself, my free guide, Write Better Emails the Easy Way, will change the game and help you craft memorable, money-making newsletters in just minutes a week. Get it now at JennyO'Connor.com forward slash email. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 73. I'm Jenny, and I help multi-passionate creatives like you kick overwhelm to the curb so you can fit all of your shiny objects into a life and business you love. Today's 10 minute tip episode is a love letter to you, my listeners, but also to myself because I love to plan. As soon as I started writing this episode, I realized it's like one of my favorite things on earth. I make a game plan every new year and every witch's new year, which is Halloween for those of you that don't know. I make a plan at each new moon, the beginning of every quarter and the beginning of every week. I make a plan for every project I'm currently involved in. And I teach people about planning. The multi-passionate master plan is all about how to make a digestible and easy to follow plan. And because I'm a multi-passionate, I'm always trying out different modalities to increase focus and productivity and certain ways of doing things end up just not being a good fit. I'm sure you've had this experience. So then I have to sit down and restructure the old plan into something new and more doable. Sometimes planning can take hours or even an entire day, which starts to beg the question. At what point does planning stop being useful and start being an excuse to procrastinate? It is risky as a multi-passionate and as a creative soul to go forth without a plan. I do not recommend it, but planning can also be a slippery slope that allows you to stay safe and stuck. James Clear talks about this tendency in his book, Atomic Habits. He refers to it as the difference between being in motion and taking action. When you're in motion, you're planning and you're strategizing and you're learning new skills. And those are all good things, but they don't actually produce a result. Action, on the other hand, delivers an outcome. Motion makes you feel like you're getting things done, but really you're just preparing to get something done. And motion lets you convince yourself you're making progress. I'll say to myself, for example, well, I brainstormed some ideas today for that book I want to write. This is really coming together. 
If tomorrow I brainstorm some more, I might continue to feel good about myself. But in fact, I am not actually writing the book yet or ever. So why do we do this? Sometimes we do actually need to plan and strategize and learn more skills. Super valid. But lots of times we're just trying to avoid the risk of failure. It doesn't feel good to fail or to be judged publicly. So naturally we try to avoid situations where that could happen. Obviously, this is a problem. If you want to be a prolific artist or you are a content creator with a never ending to do list, it's also a problem if you want to build new habits. In all of these instances, you need to be practicing, not merely planning. The key is to focus on repetition, not perfection. And this can be a very scary prospect for creative minded people because a focus on practice, not perfection probably means that some of what you make is going to suck. If this sounds like a fate worse than death to you, believe me, I get it. I talk all about recovering from perfectionism in episode 32. I'll drop the link for that in the show notes. But to illustrate the importance of doing it anyway, of focusing on practice or repetition, I'm going to give you the example that James Clear talks about in his book. He tells a story of a photography professor who at the beginning of the semester divided his class in half, and he told half of the class that their grades would be based on the quantity of photos they produced. So 100 photos would equal an A, 90 a B, 80 a C, and so on. He told the other half of the class that all they had to produce was one single photo, but in order to get an A, it had to be damn near perfect. So what happened was the quantity group counterintuitively produced so much more good work than the quality group who basically sat around and thought about what it would be like to create a perfect photo. They theorized and they tweaked and they edited, but they didn't go out there and practice. And so the conclusion of the experiment was the quantity group came out on top because they were out there doing it. Some of the photos were throwaway, of course, but some were really great. More than one in so many instances. And all of the people that only produced one, almost none of them got the A. And this makes sense, right? The person who's always practicing and letting themselves fail is the one with more experience and therefore a more refined eye for quality. Did you know that in the last 75 days of Van Gogh's life, he painted 78 paintings? That's more than one per day. And since he was clearly a genius, this is a superb argument to stop planning and just start doing. In other words, genius equals more than one painting a day. Duly noted. If you think you might be using planning as a means to procrastinate. I mean, probably you know this about yourself, but if you aren't sure, or let me put this another way that I know will resonate with a lot of you. If you postpone starting because you think you need to take one more course or sign up for one more coaching program before you'll, you'll just, that'll be the thing that'll just set you up for success. Take a look at how you approach decision-making. This will help you figure out if you are using planning to procrastinate. Ask yourself this question. Am I a satisficer 
or a maximizer. And if you've never heard these words before, I will define them for you. Satisficers look at their options and settle for something they consider good enough. They don't agonize over the possibility that there might be something better. As soon as an item meets a satisficer's standards, the search is over. Maximizers, on the other hand, set out to choose the absolute best and won't stop searching until they find it. So they compare every option and they imagine all the other possibilities, even ones that aren't present, and they will attempt to try everything or research everything until they found the perfect fit. Even once they've chosen the best option, they might continue to look for more because they think they can find something even better than the best. So which type do you think most likely suffers from anxiety when faced with lots of options? Which type do you think feels less satisfied with their decisions and more susceptible to regret? If you chose maximizer, you'd be right on both counts. So this is an important question because it will give you insight on whether you seek good enough in your life or perfect, which correlates with action taking, AKA practicing versus planning or being in motion. If you are a maximizer, start reminding yourself to not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. An excellent strategy is to give yourself three options, research the shit out of them, and then choose the best of those three and take action on it right away. Do not hesitate. As someone who used to be a maximizer, especially in this world of 60 billion choices for everything from dish soap to online teaching platforms, I select a board of advisors, basically people in the online space who I believe I can trust, and then I choose the resource they recommend. This saves a ton of time and is a great option for you indecisive folk out there. Okay, so now that you know what your decision-making personality is, you know if you're more or less susceptible to over-planning. Now let's apply this to getting shit done. It is said that if you want to be a better writer, the most important thing to remember is butt in chair. In other words, sit your butt in your chair every single day and write. Take tiny steps. If staring at a blank screen is daunting to you, aim to write a hundred crappy words. Most likely you'll write more. Point is every day your butt is in the chair and you are honing your craft. In Silicon Valley, they use terms like minimum viable product. It means good enough, good enough to take to market so we can get feedback on whether people want it, on how it can be improved. You can do this with your own work. And you don't even have to show it to anybody for now. If you're a budding artist, this is where you learn what mediums you love working with and which ones trip you up and you don't like so much. This is where you employ the logic of ready, fire, aim, or to use another military metaphor, fire bullets, then fire cannonballs. Bullets are cheap and low risk and they help you zero in on the target. Bullets are janky sketches in your sketchbook, a hundred photos in your photography 101 class, beta tests for your course. They are the good enough version of whatever it is that you do so that you can fail fast and make improvements so that next time around you can fire a cannonball. The point of practice is to experiment and the point of experimenting is to gather data. Don't forget that you win whether you succeed or fail. I use a practice that employs this logic with some of my clients and I call them failure challenges. And it basically involves getting my clients to try something scary or daunting with full permission to fail. 
If they do fail, they see that the failure isn't world ending and very few people besides themselves, if any, actually care. It's like exposure therapy to make failure less terrifying. But sometimes they succeed. And that's what's exciting about this is that if they hadn't done the failure challenge, they might never have tried the thing in the first place. Remember, make your experiment simple and low risk and don't, listen closely, do not tie your self-worth to the outcome. Also remember that it feels good to make regular progress on stuff that matters to you. If you're an over planner like I used to be, you don't get to experience these dopamine hits very often. In fact, you probably feel bad because you have all of these ideas floating around that you care so much about, but that you're not taking action on. You're basically sending yourself the message that you can't be trusted, that it's okay to let yourself down. So the question becomes, how do you want to feel that way or good? If you are ready to feel good, commit to process over outcome, experiment and be persistent. Focus on quantity over quality and watch your self-talk go from, wow, I am so bad at this to, hey, I think I might be getting the hang of this. Be Van Gogh. Just kidding. Be you, but know that every day your butt is in the chair, you are getting better. I'm going to take my own advice here and start a regular sketchbook practice. I call myself an artist, but I don't make enough time to practice regularly. So I am making a public commitment here on the podcast to start experimenting. And I will post my work on Instagram and I apologize in advance if some of it or a lot of it sucks, but hopefully it will give you permission to get on out there and do the thing, whatever that looks like for you. So that's a wrap, y'all. Come join me on the socials. Check out my ugly art at Jenny the Wordsmith. My free procrastination personality quiz seems like a really relevant one to leave y'all with for this episode. It's a two-minute quiz, and it will identify why you procrastinate and teach you how to stop it for good. You can find it at JennyO'Connor.com forward slash procrastination. Until next time, I love you guys. Keep on keeping on. Peace.